Uh, David Garan, our pastor, is um, on vacation visiting his family. He also had the opportunity to visit one of the churches that sent um, financial support to help us rebuild after Harvey. So that's really cool that he is there. Um, and I'll be honest, I actually asked David if I could preach today. Um, I really wanted to share this message with you because I want to talk about just the importance that I believe that families have, the importance I believe God places on the families and the way that God works through families. Um, and more than that, Redeemer, I just wanted to affirm in you that you are doing a fantastic job with your families, and it is truly an honor to come alongside and to witness that um, in, in a really unique way. Um, as you can probably guess, I really like kids. I actually love children. Um, I think children are just fantastic. I love the joy and excitement that they bring, and I love how they put all of themselves into everything they do. I mean, when they run, they run. And when they yell, they yell. And when they love, they love. I mean, they squeal over the littlest things in life, like stickers and ice cream. And they are truly, genuinely thrilled about that. Um, and despite this love of families, actually, excuse me, of children, it's actually families that I am um, feel that I'm really, really called to called to and are most important um, and really at the center of my, of my ministry and of my work. Um, I spent my early professional career in educational nonprofits. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in early childhood education. And as I worked, I just continually was drawn to the family. I felt affirmed that no matter what we did with the kids all day, the best teachers, the best curriculum, the best research proven practices, at the end of every day, Every kid has to go home. And it's truly the family that is the most influential on a child. I believe that God works in fantastic ways throughout, uh, through families throughout the Bible as well as today. And really, it's this call to the family um, of why I'm here at Redeemer. So this morning, what I want to do is read some scripture together and talk about it, and then um, even offer some practical advice um, on how to continue building that strong family and faith. So uh, let's pray together. Dear gracious God, Lord, we again come with so much thanks, so many things to be thankful for, including our families. Lord, thank you for the families from which we come from, and Lord, thank you for the families we are raising today. Lord, we call upon your spirit in this place, and we ask that your voice speak the loudest. Amen. So we are going to read from Genesis today in chapter 15. And so as you grab your Bible, either from your bag or from that chair in front of you, I'm going to kind of set up the scene for you. So we're in chapter 15. Uh, we are going to read a conversation between God and Abram. And if you know much about Abram, um, you know that he has been called into a mighty plan. God has actually, just a few chapters before where we're reading today, has called Abram away from his family and into a huge promise. And this promise is, in fact, that Abram will birth a nation. And that's a pretty big feat for any of us to accept. Um, and Abram, at the time of this call, is in his late 60s and has yet to have a child. So you can imagine um, the worry he might have about this really big ask. Um, but we're going to pick it up in chapter 15, just verses 1 through 6, and kind of read this conversation that God and Abraham are having. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, 
what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Elijah of Damascus? And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. So immediately we can assume that Abram is worried, right? We talked about this promise, this big task God has put upon him. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Abram is stressed and he's doubting. Um, and it's not just that, but it's just the, 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 it's not just the promise that we can doubt that Abram is worried about. But we know this because God's first words are, don't be afraid. Um, Abe is in this new relationship with God, and God has promised big things, and Abram is not sure how it's going to work out. Some time has passed since that initial um, promise was made, and now Abram's thinking, <laughs> you got to be kidding me, right? What are you thinking, God? I am well into my age. I already have zero kids, and you're, you're expecting a nation from me? This is, this is too big. How is this even going to be possible? I'm not only old, my wife is older. And again, no kids have been given to us yet. Um, but God, before God can even say any of those, excuse me, before Abram can say any of those concerns on his heart, God assures him quickly with just, don't be afraid. I know it's in your nature. I know that's how you are. It's part of how you're made, but you really don't have to be. Because I, in fact, God, am your shield. I'm your divine protection. I'm also your great reward. So you can trust you will be victorious. You're going to win. I'm with you, Abram, and I got this. Well, despite that assurance and confidence that God is working to put into Abram at this moment, Abram argues. And personally, I love it when people argue with God in the Bible. So Abram says, really? Really, God, what is it? What is it that you can give me? What could you give me that is of any value? Because you see, God, I have no children to pass it on to. So in these times, not only where your heirs would receive um, your, your material belongings and, and be able to inherit that, but they also really inherited all of who a person was. It was believed that the, the, the father of the household was really continued on through his children. Um, and with Abram having none, that's kind of what he's really worried about here. Um, also, since Abram has not had any children, he's actually made other arrangements just to care for those physical needs um, or the physical belongings, um, possibly as well as to, to take care of his wife. I mean, this is very common in this time. Um, and that's why he refers to Elijah of Damascus. He's this heir. Um, but that's really not fulfilling the call that Abram has on his heart, someone to really continue on who he is. Um, so when Abram dies, it's like everything's over. There's no son. Um, 
So Abram's really upset, and he's repeating himself. You'll notice the second line is almost the exact same thing, and he's sure to blame God. You have given me no heir. So just this guy that I hired, he's going to have to take care of everything for me. But that's not a son. That's not a continuation of me. That's not a, um, a filling out of this promise that you've given me. So what are you up to, God? I don't see it. I've been called away from everything that I know, and it makes no sense. You say, don't be afraid. you got to be kidding me. This is crazy. And isn't parenting kind of crazy? I mean, all of a sudden, your entire life is completely changed when these little beings come into your world. I mean, your goals and your vacation and your Friday night fun has a completely new definition. I mean, aren't you afraid, parents? Aren't you scared? If you're saying no, I highly, doubt, I highly doubt you. It's hard these days in 2017. And maybe today you're feeling a little bit more comfortable, but think back to that moment when that newborn baby was placed in your arms. And you were overjoyed with love and excitement and hope for the future. And then a couple of days later, a nurse comes and says, okay, it's time to go home without any help. And you look at your spouse and you think, what? They got to be kidding me. Who thinks that's a good idea? We don't know what we're doing. Or what about when your toddler has a complete meltdown in the middle of HEB? And you are doing your best parenting practices. You are breathing and you're really reminding them to breathe. That's not working. So you begin to try to reason with a two-year-old, right, explaining all the reasons why probably this behavior isn't the best. That doesn't work. And so you resort to uttering under your breath the worst threats you can think of just in hopes that they would stop and all those other parents would stop judging you and shaming you because, of course, they have never been there. Or what about the first time your child tells a blatant, malicious lie, or even just makes a choice that doesn't match anything that you've taught them, and you're looking at this beautiful blessing from God and wondering, who are you? What in the world led you to make this decision? It matches nothing of what I've tried to teach you. Parenting is scary. And while I have not had these experiences personally, I have not birthed or raised any of my own children, and I have never had any of these experiences with your children here, <laughs> I do have two stepchildren um, that, that came into my marriage. Um, and when we first got married, they were in their early teens. And if you can guess, that was a tough transitional time for everybody. And those first two years of marriage, I didn't know how to be a wife, much less a stepmom. I mean, I struggled and worried about where do I step in? Where do I step back? Where am I invited? Where am I welcomed? And our relationships have blossomed beautifully over the last nine years. But if I'm being honest, I still struggle with that. Knowing my place, how much is too much? How much is not enough? So I can understand Abram's freak out, his worry, his concern. But let's look at how God responds. 
So God first confronts this overwhelming fear with the truth. God is like, I know you're worried that you haven't had a son yet. I know you think that this servant is going to be the one to take care of things, but that's not true. You will have a son, a son of your very own flesh and blood. I've made this promise to you, Abram, and it will come true. So confronting the lies with truth is the first step God takes in this conversation. No, you're wrong, Abram. That servant will not be your heir, but you will have a true heir, one of your own blood. Then God takes Abram outside. And I really like to read this as if God is saying, let's get a breath of fresh air. Let's, let's breathe. And God asked Abram to look at the stars and count them if you can. This is the level of greatness I am up to. I, God, have not only created the entire universe, including these stars that you can't number nor even understand yet, but I have also created you, Abram, and I am at work in you. So just like you can't count these stars, you can't begin to fathom the magnitude I'm at work at. You think I can't get over the fact that you're a little older? I made the stars, right? You think you have the best ideas on how to handle this air situation? Nope. I got that too, Abram. I have you. I am your shield, your reward, and I'm up to something bigger and better than you could ever understand. I have plans for you, Abram, plans to prosper you, plans for good, to give you hope. I'm holding on to you. With this conversation, God is telling Abram, not only do you need not to be afraid and hold on to the truth and the promises I've made, but trust that this is all much bigger than you. Whether you think you're capable or not, my promise will come true. Whether you think it's impossible or not, it is possible with me. I know you can't fully understand it, but you don't have to. It's my job as God. Let me assure you, all is okay. And in parenting, the truth is, it gets better, right? Mostly everything works out. For the most part, the newborns fall asleep, and you get more than a few hours of, your, of sleep yourself. The toddler not only learns how to dress themselves, but stops having a meltdown every time you go to HEB. And teenagers end up making surprising decisions that you didn't think were possible, and their lives work out for good. The final verse in our scripture reads, Abram believed in the Lord, and he accredited to him as righteousness. And what this is saying is that Abraham began and continued a relationship with God. Abram was right with God. And they were able to continue in conversation, questioning, arguing, and assurance that God is at work. And isn't that the place to be in parenting? I mean, we can't get through this stuff without God, right? And that's really why I'm here at Redeemer, to join God at work in the lives of your families. So I mentioned this draw to the family. It's really been in me um, for quite a few years, and it's, all, and it's been strong and stronger. 
And it's so strong that I walked away from my previous career um, with, without a solid understanding of what would be next. I quit abruptly with just a small confidence that God had something big planned. And I had no idea what it was. I actually thought I only needed 90 days to figure it out. Um, but that, those, that time slipped away rather quickly. Um, and in that time, which was actually several months, I had many Abram freakout moments, arguing and crying out to God, what is going on? What do you have for me? What is next? I couldn't see the whole picture, but there was a soft whisper to not be afraid and to trust that there was a bigger plan at work. And there was. So after, I think, about six months, God led me here to Redeemer um, to join the work that God would be doing with you. And I wanted to read to you the words that I wrote after my very first Redeemer uh, preview service. This was in July of 2016. I don't know. I think Wendy was there, maybe. Yeah. So I want to read these words to you. Tonight was my first Redeemer service and I was overjoyed with the number of young families. I feel like they are each hungry for their own experience with God, not what others say they should have. So many children, eager and excited to participate and learn more. What a grand opportunity to join God at work in their lives. I found that a few weeks ago, and I just couldn't help smile because it's exactly how I still feel today. I am um, overjoyed and excited that I get to witness what God is doing. And, and who am I? Just, just a girl with a passion and a dream. No kids of my own. But I get to see you invite God to be a part of your lives and then walk that out. And I believe that's what family ministry is about, just walking alongside you as you build a relationship with God, as you question and have those questions answered. I don't have the answers, but I'm honored to walk alongside you as you figure that out and see the vastness that God is up to. And I am overjoyed with what God is already doing in your lives. And you may be thinking, what? What what is God doing? We, We don't even know right? We're new to this. How can we raise our children this way? But I want to assure you, families, you are doing a fantastic job. Parents, grandparents, expectant parents, God is up to a great work in you. One of the really big ways I see God at work in you and your families here at Redeemer is the inclusion of our children in really special moments like communion. We have allowed these young people to not only uh, participate, but to serve and be a part of this sacred um, meal together. And we do that knowing that they might mess up, right? They might drop the bread or say the wrong thing. But how fantastic is that we not only tell them that this is important, but we let them experience it for themselves. Another way I feel like we are really, uh, you, are, you are doing a fantastic job, families, is the inclusion of your children in a service outside of this church as well. Truly loving the way that Jesus taught us to love 
and extending that to the ends of the earth. This summer, we, um, we held serve camp, which was just a few days with intentional service opportunities. And on one of those days, we filled some bags full of some treats and sent them to a hospital that families could enjoy as they awaited some bad news or some new news that they weren't anticipating. We also filled backpacks full of school supplies so that kids right here in our own community could have a blessed start to their school year. And then we um, hosted a worship service at Forgotten Angels, which is a day facility for adults with physical and mental disabilities. And our children and our family sang Amazing Grace right next to people who experience life different than us and often can be pushed to the outsides. And after singing and worshiping together, we ate cookies and drank juice and squealed over the little things in life. Families, you are doing a fantastic job. And I love seeing you build relationships with one another. And in building those relationships, you're forcing yourself to be real and authentic, and sometimes it's not pretty, and it's not easy. And by you doing that together, you and your children are forced to do the same. And they have arguments and disagreements, and you work it out. Instead of cowering back and, and, and isolating yourself out of shame, you continue coming, you continue pushing those kids to work through it. How else are we going to learn how to get along if we aren't together enough to get along? You're doing fantastic job. God is definitely at work in you here at Redeemer, and I know that you have been blessed with these children because God knows you're worthy to raise them. And God is at work through you and through your children. I do want to give you some practical advice. Number one, parenting's scary, and we don't have to act like it isn't. As soon as these awesome little people are born, they begin to pull away and make their own decisions. You don't have to be afraid. God is your shield and your reward. God has this. He has gifted you because God knows you can handle it. And God is with you, your protection and your promised victory. And when times are really tough and you're really lost and you really think there's no way this can turn around, keep in mind God has plans you can't even fathom yet. And God is always working for good. The impossible is possible. Don't underestimate God's power of God's work. So when God tells Abram that his descendants are as vast as the stars, God's right. We know that this lineage does become the nation of Israel. But we also know in this lineage is the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Believe in the impossible. God is up to big plans. My daughter, Autumn, lived with us last year, um, and one day she was washing the dishes. And as I watched her wash the dishes, I just couldn't help but notice she washes them just like my husband. I mean, it was just the same exact method that he uses. And as I watched her, I realized my husband's parenting style, and I am confident he has never sat down and had a dish washing lesson with her. He didn't have a three-point plan and her, for her some homework and then to review and to edit it. 
No. He just simply washed dishes in front of her for 21 years. Families, live out your righteous relationship with God in front of your children. Let them see you question and argue and let them see God come in and fulfill those promises. I encourage you to pray together, even when you don't want to, even when your kids don't want to, even when you have guests who you think may not want to. Pray together in front of your family. Pray together as a family. Talk about your faith. Talk about your journey. Again, even with those who you think might disagree, share the vastness of the work that God is up to. And discuss your fears. Discuss your doubts. Let your kids know when you're arguing with God, as well as when you're in awe of the masterpiece of the universe. Invite your kids to take an active part in your authentic, growing relationship with God. And share your experiences of surrender when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Live into that righteous relationship. Let's pray about that together. Great God, we thank you again for um, what you are doing here, Lord, that you have called us to be a part of your great work. Lord, I thank you for the families of Redeemer, Lord, and I, I call upon your blessings upon them, Lord, to strengthen them and to give them courage and to remind them of the truth, of your beauty, and of your greatness. Lord, thank you for our families, and thank you for equipping us to raise them in a righteous relationship with you.